Well, I guess you could say, Renee Vitale, that it's uh, it's halftime this week uh, for us early risers. Uh, those of us who uh, stayed up to to try to watch the debate last night. Um, we have one more. We have one more late night as the uh, Lions go to Lambeau Field uh, for a uh, the second Thursday night prime time game in this uh, this early football season. I have to make sure I still have Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, you better get on that. I uh, mean, if you don't, you'll get the thirty days free. So can I just steal your password? Can you just text me? I think I stole somebody else's password, (laughs) so I don't know how that's going to work. It's amazing how these companies stay in business when there's literally only three people actually paying for accounts. (laughs) We're all all sharing three passwords in the entire world. Yeah, and and, and even when I I do pay for an account, uh, I can never remember my actual password. So it's going to be a to-do. I better start at like noon today just to make sure I'm ready for the game. Going through all your passwords, that you, the possibilities. And then I'll get locked out. You know the whole rigmarole. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, wasn't uh, wasn't Detroit the bell of the ball yesterday? Yes, we were. Yes. That was so special. My goodness. I'm here with my co-host, Crooked Renee Vitale. She's, you could have turned that into a drinking game. I was going to say, I took a shot every time he said crooked, and I'm still messed up, so you're going to have to carry this. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the night started with Donald Trump. He was speaking at Drake Enterprises out in Clinton Township. They're a tier two and three automotive supplier, make engine parts, transmission parts. And uh, it was a classic Trump speech. Uh, It was meandering. There was a lot of uh, uh, going off topic, a lot of stream of consciousness. But the takeaway was, was doom and gloom. He eventually got to saying he's not really against electronic vehicles, um, but he's against electronic vehicle mandate dates. And he said, if these mandates continue, you guys are all going to be out of job within 24 months. Yeah, uh, he did have a message for Sean Fain. He said, Sean endorsed Trump. You could take a nice two month vacation. And when you come back, you guys are going to be better than you ever were uh, because the other way you won't have a vacation, Sean, in a short time, you're not going to have union jobs or anything. It's common sense. But unlike them, I'll never surrender for you. And the American worker never surrenders. And I noticed the timing of when he made that um, statement, that plea. It was right at nine o'clock because I remember I was thinking about 847 I said okay once the debate starts I'm definitely going to be ready to 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 tune away from this and then right as I was reaching for my remote he all of a sudden got very concise and succinct and started lobbying for the UAW I did notice that Yeah yep. and and it's weird I don't know I don't know if there's certain parts in the speech where they're they're saying you know Mr. former president just make sure you hit these these points and he goes between prompter and off the top of his head because it, it's night and day. It'll be just just him kind of shooting the breeze off the top of it, and then all of a sudden he gets he very concise. Yeah, yeah. Unless that's just a talent he has. But uh, let me ask you something. You, you know, uh, part of the reason Donald Trump skipped the Republican debate to to talk here in uh, Clinton Township at eight o'clock was to uh, counter program a little bit uh, that debate. But obviously, he started before uh, the debate started. He was still going uh, when the debate started. But if these started at the same time, which one would you have picked? Would you have picked Trump's oh, speech man. or would you have picked the um, <sighs> debate? The debate? Uh, probably Trump's speech because it was local. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, too. I, I, I've said many times on the show I'm not a, a, a fan of Trump. 
But I, I find him to be more entertaining. Yeah. The more, okay, what, you know, what kind of train wreck's going to happen. Of course. More so than, than a debate where it's a bunch of people who don't really have a chance at, at the presidency anyway. Although there were some entertaining punches thrown yesterday in that debate. I got to say... Someone check on Vivek Ramaswamy. Is he okay? Oh, my gosh. I think Chris Christie gave him a wedgie, if I remember correctly. I mean, they were just going off on him. Uh, Nikki Haley went Billy Madison. She When he was talking about TikTok, she said, I feel dumber for listening to you. That's exactly she, where my mind She must went. have watched Billy Madison before the debate. I feel like there's going to be some good memes on the internet yeah. today. Facebook's going to be pretty good. Well, it was interesting because Vivek Ramaswamy, his opening strategy was was much different than the first debate. The first debate, he was kind of like a smiling car salesman, uh-huh. and he came out really hot in this one. And do you notice that uh, when he gets those punches thrown at him, he gets this nervous laugh going? Yeah. He's just... <laughs> That's a millennial thing. I do that, too. <laughs> So we don't start crying, Renee. And then, and then, uh, what did Christie do? He called uh, Trump Donald Duck. Yeah, Chris Christie and Mike Pence had a couple of jokes that didn't land. I did <laughs> like the Donald Duck. What joke. my favorite part was that when Chris Christie called uh, Donald Trump Donald Duck, he paused for reaction, and there was no reaction. You heard me across the country. <laughs> the in one the back person. Of the, room. <laughs> the one person. You heard Renee laughing from Warren. Which isn't too far away from, but yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I I was talking with Brian Morton in the control room. I, I, I think I, I don't see Donald Trump showing up to a Republican debate. He's not going to. Because you could say it's cowardice or, or you can say it's strategy. Fact of the matter is he's ahead by 30 to 40 points. There is no reason for him to show up. And, and as you get more of these debates without him showing up, I think there's going to be less and less people watching. I'll be interested to see what the ratings were from last night. Well, and after Chris Christie made that statement, he's definitely not going to show up now. Yeah, both him and uh, 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 I almost said Ron Santos, the Hall of Fame baseball player. Ron DeSantis <laughs> called him out for not being there. So, um, yeah. and uh, speaking of Sean Fain and Donald Trump, Donald Trump seemed to kind of be careful talking about Sean Fain. Uh, I don't think Donald Trump wants any of that smoke. He said he liked him. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're on opposite sides of the political spectrum, but they're kind of similar when it comes to negotiating mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the UAW announced yesterday that there will be uh, more walkouts on Friday yep. if talks don't progress to their liking. I don't know if we just have a standing appointment with Sean Fain on Facebook Live at 10 a.m. every Friday, but he's going to give the marching orders. And I think that Ford is going to get it this time. Ford got off easy last time. All all last week he was talking about how Ford, uh, they were making progress and they got off easy. Well, they paused that electronic vehicles plant in Marshall. He was not happy. He said that this was just um, them trying to use leverage in these negotiations and he's not happy. I think Ford's in for it this week. Yeah, and sources close to the negotiations say that representatives for General Motors were supposed to go to Solidarity House at 4 o'clock yesterday for a meeting. Uh, but at this point, it's not clear if they're coming in with a formal proposal or what was supposed to happen with that. Yeah, and I don't know if this time he's going to pick another car company to take it easy on. Um, I think I, it just depends on what had transpired throughout the week. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think anyone's safe. 
No, I don't think so either. I think even Toyota is worried, and they're not even in the UAW. <laughs> But, I, I mean, we're getting into the third week of this. Um, more plants closing. There's going to be um, a lot of economic pain, especially because we're heading into a, most likely a government shutdown. And the other shoe that we uh, knew was going to drop, dropped yesterday. Michigan State officially fired football coach Mel Tucker uh, for what they called in a press release, admitted an undisputed behavior which have brought public disrespect, contempt, and ridicule upon the university and constitute a material breach of his agreement and that word, moral turptitude. Turptitude. Uh, Tucker still owed $80 million on his mega contract, so we know this isn't over by a long shot. This will be going to court. All the statements he's been putting in, putting out has had um, that language in there that that that's setting him up for yeah. uh, litigation with the university. So uh, it's just the latest development in this ongoing saga that's going to be going on for, for quite a while. One quick football note for you. My husband texted in and said you can also watch the game on Fox 2 tonight. Mike. Oh, they are so carrying it locally. You don't have to worry about getting somebody's Woo! password. All right. You're saved. Well, I'm going to cancel my uh, free trial that I was uh, that I signed up for. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. Mike Parsons with Renee Vitale, and uh, Renee, was it was it last night or is tonight the last supermoon of the year? So the supermoon is going to rise in the east on the sunset tonight. Wow, that's very mystical. You like that? Well, good. I, I, I'm glad it's the last sunset or uh, supermoon of the year because things have been freaking nuts. And maybe they'll they'll stop being so nuts now that we're done with supermoons until 2024. Yeah, so it's going to glow the highest in the sky near midnight and then drop low in the west before sunrise tomorrow morning. So the exact moment of this moon's peak illumination will be 557 a.m. tomorrow morning. Good riddance. Mercury better be out of retrograde, too. I don't know what that means, but apparently it's bad. It means everything's bad. You're not supposed to sign contracts. There's confusion and communication, which yeah. is the story of my life. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the next full moon will be the Hunter's Moon, and that's going to happen on Saturday, October 28th. Yeah, Mercury and the Supermoon can both take a hike. Doesn't that sound like some kind of rock group? What, Supermoon? Mercury and the Supermoon. Yeah, it sounds like uh, yeah, like a Fleetwood Mac type. Uh, right, yeah. tribute band. Or the... Uh, That's going to be playing Roger's Roost on the east side. <laughs> <laughs> Plays, uh, you know, the, the downtown Trenton Festival. Right, exactly. Well, somebody... Uh, I, I don't know if you remember U.S. Private Travis Kelsey. He took a little hike into North Korea earlier. Travis King. What'd I say? Travis Kelsey. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the Swifty in me. <laughs> I know. Travis King took a little hike into North Korea earlier this summer, and uh, we thought that's the last time we were going to see him. He uh, he, he was uh, supposed to come back to the United States because he was facing some discipline for some trouble he got into in South Korea. Right. Uh, he didn't get on the plane. He joined some tour group of the demilitarized zone, and then he just bolted, and uh, pretty much... The United States said, well, we're not going to try to get him back. The guy, the guy bolted, He's you know, gone. He got, went AWOL. yeah, well, it turns out for some reason, North Korea didn't want him either. Anyway, they found him useless. Yeah. So, uh, they gave him back, um, some uh, Sweden and the Chinese government both worked together to, to secure his release. He, he appears to be in good physical condition, but 
the story is so bizarre. You would have never guessed in a million years that North Korea would just let this do go with no conditions. I mean, the United States government made it clear. They said, we made no concessions for this guy. They just gave him back. Well, that was a polite way of saying he was useless and they just said, right. you can have him. Did, did North Korea pick up the red phone and say, hey, you want this guy back? And the United States says, yeah, I guess. And then China helped us with this. How how do you feel if you're this guy? Right. Nobody loves me. Nobody I, wants me. I mean, he's lucky. I, I thought this guy was going to spend the rest of his life in some kind of weird tortured labor camp or something. Yeah. And who flees to North Korea because you're afraid of facing punishment in America? Right. That is not that is not That's a not better how that usually works. You flee to Australia or something. Yeah. Yeah. So uh I, I guess welcome home. Um, uh, and uh, I, I think the writer strike is it's it's not quite officially over because they still have to vote on the contract. But they're confident enough that it'll pass that writers are allowed to return to work. Yeah. Eleven thousand writers uh, will vote on the deal next month, but they could start working. Uh, they they started working yesterday. Late night, late night talk shows will be among the first shows to resume. Uh, as far as the, the actor strike, no word on how or when that story will end. Yeah, and I think the late night shows are starting up again on Monday. Monday. Yeah, Strike Force Five, that podcast that uh, uh, Fallon, Kimmel, Colbert, John Oliver, and Seth Meyers were doing to to keep their writers paid through the strike. Uh, that's officially been canceled, right? Uh, because they're going back to their normal show. Hopefully, Jimmy Fallon has learned his lesson from that Rolling Stone article, and and things will be a little kinder and gentler. Treat when the, his little his people a little better. Yeah, when the Tonight Show comes, it, I, it didn't surprise me. I don't know about you, Renee, but the nicer a famous person seems in public, the more I'm like, oh, that guy's a jerk it behind the really scenes. Really bummed me out. I watched too many of these made-for-TV movies about celebrities back in the 90s, like the Elvis movie and the Jackson 5 movie. And like, okay, the nicer someone seems and the more famous they are, chances are they're uh, a complete SOB behind the scenes. If Dave Grohl comes out as being a jerk, I'm done. That's why you don't meet your heroes, right? I don't. I know. I don't ever want to meet Dave Grohl. Yes, I do. Yeah. I don't ever want to meet Dave Grohl because it will crush me if I find out that he's not as awesome as I, I put him on the pedestal to be. Dave Grohl, call us. Uh, SNL is also expected to resume production next month. So I guess that means that the cast, they're they're not in the actors union. Maybe they're in the writers union. Well, they a lot of the cast members are writers. Right. So. Well. But is and- that going to make it difficult for them to get... Special guests. Well, that's the guest host. That's my question. If they start, if they start production while the actors are still on strike, like you said, during the strike, you're not going to be able to get guest hosts. After the strike, you might not be able to get guest hosts if there's some bad blood. Right. I mean, I think SNL, even though it's it's not the juggernaut that it used to be. I think hosting it is still such a dream for most people that even if there is some animosity. Uh, that'll probably go away, but at least in the in, in the interim, I, I could see that some people turning it down because they're mad that they started uh, production against. So basically, we'll be on SNL. <laughs> yeah. And now these two people who are on the radio, one hour a day. <laughs>
from Detroit. <laughs> At 5 a.m. Just just made some confused polite. Our mom and right. dad will be yeah. there. Yay. Thank you to my wife. Uh, I missed this story. I'm glad that Lloyd Jackson um, yeah, this is wild. brought this up yesterday. Um, we all remember back in August that Amber Alert that was issued for the two twin infants. Uh, they were just two two weeks old. Uh, they were kidnapped from that hotel in Livonia. Mm-hmm. And the backstories, the parents of the baby, they uh, befriended the suspects on Facebook after they posted about how they were staying at a hotel in Livonia because their house was broken into. And so... These people on Facebook, they came to the hotel saying that they had diapers, baby supplies, uh, money to help the parents out. Yeah. And the, the mother said that she stepped out of the hotel room briefly. And when she returned, uh, the babies were gone. That Amber Alert was issued and the babies were mysteriously turned into a Detroit police precinct the next morning. And uh, here's Lloyd Jackson from JR Morning yesterday with the update. This is nuts. The mother uh, of those twins testified in court uh, saying that Chantel Jones, a 23-year-old, had planned the kidnapping of her babies for months. Uh, Jones uh, friended the mother, uh, Jaslyn Morgan, on her Facebook under a different name, Charlotte, when she was seven months pregnant. They kind of talked back and forth. She said she was going to help the mom uh, get grant and financial help uh-huh. and all of that stuff. And uh, uh, just before the kidnapping, she came over to the woman's house, and she uh, said that she wanted to talk to her about that. The woman was tired. The husband gets up and says, my, my wife's not available. And she says, okay. And then a few minutes later, somebody tries to break into the house. The husband fires a gunshot, scares them away. They end up leaving the house, going to the hotel. Here she is again, contacting right. her, you know, and then that's But it wasn't about ransom, and that's what no. the, there was a, a lot of noise about that. No, it wasn't about ransom. She needed those babies because she had told some people she was pregnant. So she showed up, and she said, hey, these are my babies. I had them through IVF. And the mother, her mother, the woman who took the kids, mother, saw the Amber Alert and saw what was going on and knew that her daughter came with these babies and said, take those babies so she blew the whistle on she blew the whistle she testified as well the mother and she was the one who turned those babies over to detroit police what that is wild well and it makes sense because my first thought not to victim shame but if your house was just broken into what are you doing leaving your babies in a hotel room with strangers turns out they were in strangers turns out they gained their trust and became friends yeah yeah and Uh, good for that mom yeah yeah and you know there's there's been a happy ending luckily uh real quick we're running late but this is a story we've been sitting on uh costco is doing its part to make uh health a little bit more affordable yeah they're offering members online health checkups for as low as 29 dollars it's a new service in partnership with a direct-to-consumer healthcare marketplace uh that's awesome so they're gonna start offering it uh beginning on monday where you can book healthcare visits directly through their memberships in all 50 states it'll undo the uh the damage of all those dollar 50 hot dogs that i've been slamming there i see what they're doing there it's jo- it's uh, yeah it's uh, it, it it it's, it's return right return customer <laughs> base first thing Mike Parsons Renee Vitelli WJR and joining us in studio is Lloyd Jackson and Guy Gordon and I think uh, if you want proof that uh, Detroit and the UAW strike is at the epicenter of the news cycle right now I think you look uh, no further than yesterday's three hours of political coverage starting with Donald Trump speaking out in Clinton Township. And um, it, it was discussed 
quite heavily uh, in last night's debate. Uh, and I have to be honest, other than that, I, I didn't really take away a whole lot more from that debate. It was it was a little snippier. Somebody uh, check on Vivek Ramaswamy because he, <laughs> he, uh, he was getting it from Chris Christie. He was getting it from... He was getting it from himself. At yeah. one point, he literally said, I know I seem overly ambitious, and I know I seem like an all. It was like he was saying, I know I'm really annoying. Right. Please forget <laughs> me. <laughs> Just starts apologizing. So, yeah. Please like me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, honestly, I, I found the, uh, the, the Trump speech as disjointed and uh, stream of consciousness as it was to be a little bit more um, intriguing than the actual debate itself. Um, and the line of the night from Donald Trump was, uh, what was this one? Under a Trump administration, gasoline engines will be allowed. And sex changes for children will be banned. Is that okay? I think we are those related somehow? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think what happened is like, okay, I just need to throw out dueling boogeymen right now. There was also, he kept saying the mutilization of children. The mutilization. Yeah. Sorry, there's no such word. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, marrying those two is, you know what? But that's populism. Right. That's populism writ large. And, and you know, I'm sure it resonates with the folks that are really concerned about the direction of the country. Um so I, I thought, yeah, I mean, it was like, no, I, I, I don't get it, but I've got, I've got an idea that there's a lot of people that do. Yeah, I mean, it was a classic Trump speech, too, um, you know, where he just kind of went up there and riffed. We were talking about this in, earlier in the first segment, that there were times where it, it, it was very stream of consciousness and all over the place. And then every now and then he'd get really concise, like he got really concise when he was lobbying the UAW for their endorsement. And uh, he seemed like he was he was being very careful uh, when he was addressing Sean Fain, probably for a couple of reasons. Number one, he wants that endorsement. Number two, he doesn't want to catch those hands from Sean Fain. <laughs> Not stone cold. No, he doesn't want to get a get a stunner. And the time when he knew that people were going to be switching over yes. to yeah. watch the debate, like you said earlier, Mike. Yeah, because I was saying, oh, okay, I've seen enough of this. I can switch over. And then he starts. Then he starts calling out the U. Not calling out the UAW, but but. But addressing them by name, asking for their um, support, a- asking for their support. So, uh, inter- interesting night. Um, I, I, I hope they narrow down the candidates for the next debate. And I, I kind of think I'll be interested to see what the ratings are for this because I think as more of these debates happen and Donald Trump doesn't show up, I think the ratings are going to get smaller. And it and smaller. didn't help that to me. It was just a lot of speaking over each other yeah. and the moderators didn't seem like they could get things under control no. which just turns um, i yeah. would think turn people off you hey, know Kalen bus has a great piece in the detroit news this morning and i, I thought he hit exact, exactly what i was thinking which is mm-hmm. look you got a guy with now 60 percent support in the republican party and you're not going after him exactly right? you've you've you're sitting there picking on each other there was it devolved into a discussion about the drapes at the united nations that for was sakes. crazy it was wow that was a the moment two south carolina <laughs> folks going yeah. at it uh, you know whether or not there were custom drapes hanging <laughs> did you well, get and, and but they you know uh, for a moment there you did see from ron DeSantis, he broke with what has been his stump speech where he won't engage donald trump yep. and he did which tells you something he's watching his Numbers. Lead amongst the the tier two They're going candidates down. shrink. Yeah, so he's changing his strategy. 
Um, and then uh, in, in other news that we're watching, uh, the other day the UAW said that uh, there will be more walkouts on Friday at noon if talks do not progress to their liking. We'll know at 10 a.m. tomorrow. We'll know at 10 a.m. tomorrow. And uh, Ford Ford was uh, let off easy last week. I have a feeling they're going to get it this week, especially with uh, them putting that EV plant in Marshall on hold. Yeah, that he says it's a, the, the Marshall threat is what Sean Fain calls it. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if uh, he's going to pull back a little bit on Stellantis and GM, but I feel like uh, um, Ford is not going to get a reprieve this week like they did last week. Do you think he'll address Trump's remarks at all in that? I'm well, he, he already has. I mean, he's said, look, that's the billionaire class. That's who we're fighting against. But I'm wondering if he'll, he'll and, comment you know, he, at all. On, yeah, on last night's speech. On last night's speech. Yeah, I, I, he, prob- he may, but I don't know if he... But he I think he has to say something about, hey, you know, these talks do matter. For the former president to say that they don't is is lunacy. He says, mm-hmm. because we are setting the pay scale for the future. And he's going to say, no, it's not about whether or not these EVs are coming. They're already in Asia. They're already in Europe. We've got to be in this fight, but we got to make sure that as a union, we get the job. That's right. right. Yeah. I mean, and I was actually surprised. I was, uh, you know, when I woke up this morning, I was kind of going through all the local news sources, wondering if Sean Fain did respond because he did call him out by name. He mm-hmm. said he did like him, but he also said, um, look, if you don't elect me, it's not going to be a two-month vacation. It's going to be a, a permanent vacation. And so, like I said, he kind of tried to lightly, but he did call him out by name. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Sean Fain... I'd be shocked if he doesn't touch on it at least a little bit. JR Morning coming up next. With Renee Vitale, you can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Just look up First Thing WJR. Hunter Biden is suing former Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani and his former attorney Robert Costello for allegedly leaking private information and data from his laptop. Attorney Neil Rockkind discusses the lawsuit with Kevin and Tom on All Talk. Hunter Biden, he is firing back with a lawsuit against Rudy Giuliani for allegedly sharing data from Hunter Biden's laptop or what Hunter calls a digital device, not a laptop. Others describe it as a hard drive, whatever. It seems to me, Kevin, that that by claiming that Giuliani stole his digital information, wherever it came from, Hunter has essentially admitted that this stuff is his. It is not Russian propaganda, as his inner circle had previously claimed it was. Yeah, this uh, laptop that... Hunter Biden wanted fixed and took it in to get fixed and then never went and picked it up or didn't want to pay for it or whatever he was doing uh, during that phase of Hunter Biden's life. Um, this uh, computer uh, eventually ended up in the hands of Rudy Giuliani. And uh, this lawsuit says uh, Giuliani and his lawyer uh, unlawfully uh, put out, disseminated Hunter Biden's personal data, violating federal and state anti-computer hacking laws. Uh, will it hold up? Let's bring in Neil Rockine, a f- uh, criminal defense attorney here in Michigan. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Good morning. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, boy, I, I would just think Hunter Biden wouldn't want to file anything that uh, might require him to uh, give up any more information or details about this whole ordeal. And maybe maybe this is the kind of lawsuit that won't require him to do that. But a- as you look at it, uh, first blush, uh how do you how do you feel about this lawsuit? Well, I mean, he's going on the offensive, and it's not the it's not the first time that he and his lawyers um, have gone on the offensive. Remember, he's been represented by some some of the same lawyers who I think in the past have done work for um, uh, Jared Kushner, 
Uh, one of the most, one of the interesting parts of this case, one of the really interesting parts is that he's, this lawsuit um, specifically targets, um, let's just say, low-hanging, um, maybe overripe fruit, which is, uh, you know, Rudy Giuliani. So to go after Giuliani, um, you're essentially going after somebody who is already, um, you know, in a world of hurt in other jurisdictions who already has financial issues, uh, who already is having a very difficult time defending himself in some other cases and targeting Giuliani in this case, I think what they're really anticipating is in California. Um, I think what they're anticipating is that Giuliani is going to have a very difficult time defending this case and may ultimately end up getting uh, a default or may have tough time with discovery, just as Giuliani had difficult time with the discovery and the cases involving um, you know, the Smartmatic and, uh, and the voting machines. My, the other interesting part is that he also sued, he also sued his, um, Giuliani's former lawyer. And so Giuliani's former lawyer has sued Giuliani for unpaid fees. So there's, you almost need like a, uh, you know, a, a scorecard to kind of, <laughs> Cast the characters. Um, you can't put the genie. An, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. So the the information no, is out no. there. So is this a, a sort of a harassment suit, or is Hunter Biden looking for cash? Uh, shouldn't he be going after the computer repair person? I think that that person was deposed and is actually under suit as well. I believe that they've already deposed uh, the, the 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 computer shop owner who wore that very interesting beret when he was yeah. um, you know, <laughs> yes. on, on television. John Paul Isaac. I, I, I mean, you can't, this, so there's no, there's no previous playbook. There's no previous script, I guess, you know, to, to, to rely on when you're Hunter Biden, right? I mean, this is one of a kind, first of a kind type stuff. So, Yes, I agree with you, Kevin. It's unusual for someone in his position to not turtle and circle the wagons and lay low. It's unusual, but he's just laying low. I think maybe his his belief or the belief of his lawyers is he's just taking, you know, he's just taking hits and 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 get taking shots and taking fire and he him turtling isn't going to do anything either. <laughs> it's a very unusual lawsuit. I mean, he can turtle and take the fire, or he can at least try to return some fire. I, I wonder if this um, is just a ploy or somehow to change, you know, the perception out there or the court of public opinion. Like, it's a distraction to what's truly on this, the information that's on this hard drive. It contains emails, some other data that suggests that his father, President Biden, might have been involved in some of these dubious business dealings in foreign countries. Could that be one of the reasons for this, a distraction, get the public and the media office back? Well, you know, I don't, I, I, I can't go that far. I don't know that anybody's going to get off of his back. I don't know anybody's going to have sympathy for, for, for Hunter Biden. But I think the lawsuit is intended to, to continue the, the, the position that he and others have taken and that is that the data on the that the, the data on the 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 laptop was manipulated, that it was hacked into and manipulated by Giuliani and others, and he's going to continue with the the refrain that it was hacked and manipulated prior to Giuliani getting it. What's interesting is that usually in a in a in this type of a of a, of a case where you're dealing with evidence and you, the argument is that evidence has been manipulated. 
you usually only pick one person to blame and say that the evidence has been manipulated by that person, right? You usually pick it's either Giuliani and his cohorts or it's the people who had it before. But here their position is that it was manipulated before it got to Giuliani and then it was also manipulated and, and altered with Giuliani. So um, I'm expecting that they're, that they're gonna attempt to try to prove in a court of law that, or at least create the appearance that the laptop's contents were not his or to mm. some extent that they were manipulated enough mm. and hacked into enough by others that there's some doubt that they of their authenticity. Ah, okay. So to give enough speculation out there that maybe this isn't that maybe this isn't Hunter Biden's emails or whatnot. So this computer repair shop owner, John Paul MacIsaac, what what is the law regarding his releasing of this information? Because I know he waited some time before he turned it over, I believe, to the FBI directly. And then he also made copies for Rudy Giuliani on a separate drive. Is that illegal to do? Well, I I don't want to be dragged in to become part of the cast of characters who gets dragged into a, a, a seventh leg of a lawsuit here. Accusation. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that. Yours would be criminal. The people yeah. versus Neil Rocket. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> Anybody gets pulled into these things. Yeah. But, but, um, but, but generally speaking, you know, the, for a computer repair shop owner, the, can, yes. can you turn it over so to somebody say, else? So he owned the laptop, um, and I would say that the, the, the general rule is no. There's privacy in electronic computer and, and electronic data. There's privacy in electronic. In electronic. A lot of accidents on the road. We'll get you updated that first thing.